Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the VFX Lounge, where we explore individuals who are within the visual effects industry and talk about their experience with it. And today we have a very special guest. Um, his name is Brian Connor, and he's worked on multiple different shows or multiple different films. So hello. Hello. How are you doing? Good. I'm really honored to have you on the show. Uh, I know we got to talk just a little bit before we started this session, but uh, I'm just really excited. I'm really grateful that you're able to take some time out of your probably a very busy day to talk about visual effects. And I mean, it's your passion, so I'm hopefully it's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, my day wasn't that rough. We're just kind of setting things up. Uh, I'm here in Hungary right now. Mm. So it's, uh, what is that, plus six, seven hours. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, not, not too bad right now. Um, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sure I'll have a, a few little, maybe tasty morsels for your audience. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. So just out of curiosity, so you are a VFX, VFX supervisor. So I'm assuming you're over there doing uh, some of that on-set work. If you can talk a little bit about uh, some of the fundamental jobs of a visual effects supervisor and what you do on set. Well, you know, there's uh, a visual effects supervisor um, for the facility or the vendors. Um, and then there's all, then there's the visual effects supervisor for the production or the studio. So they're kind of two different things and they have different roles and tasks. Um, I started obviously, you know, as an artist, as, uh, I, I, I started really in 3d, um, and then eventually found my way doing uh 2d to fix my 3d problems of, you know, bad renders and things. Yeah, of course. Um, um, so, so, uh, you know, I, I, I found that I really enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed editing too. Uh, and at one point, um, when I was, uh, working early on in my career, um, I, I, I got my way in the door at Paramount pictures and they were starting their own visual effects, computer graphics, um, departments, uh, back, back in the day when studios thought that it would it would save money by doing that. And then they found out that they would lot, they lost money. So they're like, okay, we'll just farm this workout and have someone else yeah. lose the money and not be us. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, basically, um, I, I just really, I, I thought I loved 3d and I read, you know, uh, RTFM read the freaking manual as we, as mm -hmm. we used to say, uh, except, you know, you can, substitute any F word in there that you want. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, lots of calls to, uh, you know, the, the, the people, the fine folks at technical support, um, you know, you can learn a, a lot from, from manuals. Um, you know, uh, these days, especially, you know, you have YouTube and you have textbooks and, and courses and things that you can take, um, where we didn't have that, you know, back, back in, in my day when we walked uphill, yeah, you could, your career. Yeah, your <laughs> career started around 1997, right? And in that time period, I, I'm really curious on like what inspired you uh, during that time because I mean nowadays a lot of you know I guess the youngins or the kids can see these uh, spectacular movies with a lot of visual effects, a lot of really cool things going on. So maybe there's a lot more inspiration that uh, nowadays people can have. But back then, what what was your catalyst in getting yourself into the industry? Well, uh, like uh, many people, um, you know, 
in the the older generation where I'm from now um, <laughs> uh, was Jurassic Park. You know, oh, you got, yes, you 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 saw photorealistic dinosaurs and you know Steven Spielberg at his finest uh, with great story and characters and and that was that that was enough for me to to I, I had a DJ company actually and at university and, oh, yeah. and uh, sold that uh, it was uh, to my partner and picked up and moved to to California. Ah. Uh, in search of for- fortune and glory. At <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the time, was uh, California like the hub for visual effects? Well, I mean, that was the only place. Uh, you know, it was industrial light and magic. And and then uh, just a, a, like a, a few other companies that of, of people who left industrial light and magic, you know, they, they, they came up with many of the techniques that we still use today, including the names of, of you know, uh, uh, based on, you know, optical printing and, and holdout mats and, and garbage mats and things. Um, and, and, you know, they invented ambient inclusion lighting. <laughs> if you can mm-hmm. believe it, we didn't have a, uh, an a ambient inclusion at some, at one point in time and we didn't have match, we didn't have layout, you know, wow. all of these things they, we, they came up with when I, when I was there and then, you know, obviously digital compositing versus mm-hmm. optical printing, uh, and, and latent image photography, which if you if you know what that is and you've seen how they used to have to yeah. do compositing, my God, it was mm-hmm. it was just a labor of love uh, back then. Uh, and of course, that just makes you appreciate all the tools that we have today that, you know, obviously continuously, uh, you know, update and get better. And and uh, and, you know, of course, now with uh, AI and things, uh, it's, it's just going to be um, changing, I think, exponentially. Yeah. And that speaking on the point of AI, right, that there's a lot of that's the buzzword right now in visual effects and the in, in particular for the compositing, I think, with, you know, artificial intelligence potentially being able to do some of the tasks for mm. compositors. And I, I'm interested in your opinion on that, like, because there's a lot of people who say, you know, it's still a long ways away and like there's certain things that a compositor will still be able to do. Or what is your opinion on artificial intelligence and where it stands in compositing? Well, I think, you know, AI is just like any other, you know, um, machine that we've we've made to, you know, help us um, not do repetitive tasks that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, are, are just kind of mind numbing, really. If mm-hmm. you're on an assembly line, you yeah. can understand that, like, you know, just moving one thing from point A to point B all day, leaning over a conveyor belt or something, you know, it's just not it's just not very intellectually stimulating and or good for your health so Absolutely. um you know it, it's just the ai is 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 you know is like that where we we have um figured out how to uh teach you know a the computer to do specific tasks for us remedial tasks in in, in a lot of ways but you know obviously that's evolving as we see you know in some of the um ai um um uh you know gen art that you see mm. you know, like from mid journey and and disco diffusion and and all of these things where you just type in a bunch of words and you you know if you're clever you know what which words to use and 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 html html's to kind of post in and and other artists to reference and you can get some beautiful imagery and pictures from from words it's quite it's quite amazing i've just kind of mm. started getting into it to myself but you you know your viewers have probably 
either dabbling in it or have seen it, you know, on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and, and some of the social media sites. So that's, that's, that's the next thing that is, is helping us figure things out. Um, you know, like ILM, for example, they made it possible for Martin Scorsese, you know, who, you know, he's a director and he just wants to, he only cares about story and his characters mm-hmm. and he wants them to do the best job that they can and not be encumbered by putting a bunch of dots in somebody's face yes. and tracking them mm-hmm. uh, so that they can de-age them, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they came up with a way with infrared photography, which has been around for a while, actually, uh, for track for tracking purposes. And you don't care about light because it's infrared. So you mm-hmm. have perfect lighting that that is trackable. Um, and then, you know, you have, you know, your your targets and 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 things that you go to the to the younger version and you just uh um you know basically oh assign one to the other and and uh as they say bob's your uncle so yeah. it, it, it makes uh, things that are very difficult and repetitive it may it, it makes it possible to to not have this extra step where the actors you know you have to kind of do the performance again and and you know off to the side and it's just it, it just basically changes the way we 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 do you know we shoot film and do visual effects uh yeah. which is which is great i mean it's it's good for for everybody the technology mm-hmm. at the end of the day yeah so like this evolvement into this uh artificial intelligence being part of the craft of compositing um i, I do see that there are certain people who are concerned about that uh, specifically compositors uh, certain compositors who are concerned that maybe this is gonna you know take my job away do you think that's a ridiculous kind of opinion like do you think that compositors will still exist the role of it i mean i think the the way we approach compositing and other you know uh uh departments will change uh but it's i don't think it's going to go away Mm. it's just going to evolve and and so you're still going to have to you know it's still going to take the human eye to say does that still are we looking in the right place in the frame is it is the is this shot telling the story point effectively you know that's not something you know um uh uh you know ai can do yet mm-hmm. um but you know i think you still need a, a, a people because it's, it's human emotions and there's a bigger picture of you know each shot that that you know it fits into a whole and and you know it's all about storytelling which um you know, until we get to the point where, you know, we have the quantum computers and they can figure things out and they, you can put in the whole movie Mm -hmm. and then it can digest it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's around the corner. I think even, even when that happens, you're still going to need people behind it to, you know, make sure it's, you know, just like, just like you uh, going in the right direction, just like you have a bunch of artists and, and, you know, as a supervisor, you're, your role is to manage not, you know, is, is to manage the client so that they have their expectations are correct and not insane. Uh, and <laughs> it's like, you know, do you, do you really need it? Is it really this important yeah. that we have to work this weekend? Mm-hmm. A lot of times the answer is, oh, yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Probably one of the main reasons why I got into being a supervisor is just to ask those questions of like, because, you know, so many times, you know, people would not ask if it was that important mm. to, to force a bunch of people to work over the weekend so mm. but anyway back to uh you know our, our our topic of 
AI and, and, and such. I think it's, it's just a tool, just like anything else. It's going to help us get there faster. And for, for example, the stuff like mid journey, where you can type in a bunch of words and get some pretty pictures, mm-hmm. it's a way to get, you know, not, maybe you're not a concept artist, but you can get some concepts that can help the conversation that you're having with creative individuals. Right. right. Because a lot of times, you know, it's, it's like, okay, I'm not, it, I think it should look like this and maybe it should be that. And it's like, how about a picture? You know, they, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. So um, there's nothing like, even if it's wrong, at least, he, he, at least it'll, you know, at least you learn what they, you know, the, the client doesn't like, it's almost as important as what they do like, you know, so that you, it, you're, you're kind of finding your way to what that, you know, creative um, thing is supposed to supposed to be, and that everybody is happy with. So yeah, so you're saying so it's kind of like an evolution of the role, right? Like you said, like it's not necessarily an elimination of it. It's more that no. um, it's yeah. evolving, and that the tool itself will still require the human touch. It will still require the creativity. It will still require someone to say, "No, this has to be done this way," so we uh, can convey a certain type of emotion in the storytelling. Uh, of a certain narrative and i think that's really well, important yeah and, and you know, like, like i said I, I think it's just gonna it's the first thing it's going to do is just alleviate you know artists from doing repetitive boring tasks that they hate doing anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah exactly you know, uh, i think you know that you know when you have these auto auto mats and all these things anything that's automatic i i, I always question because there are so many different variables to what you're putting in there, you know, mm-hmm. like, like things were shot differently with different backings and, and different lenses and, and, uh, grain structure and, and lighting. And, you know, there's nothing, there's no kind of catch all that it can figure out all the things, you know, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll figure out some of them and some of them it's going to figure out wrong. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, it's not going to help you in that regard, but, but, you know, it, I think, um, you know, I think it's going to help us, you know, get there faster, which is always the thing, right? <laughs> Efficiency, right? Like speed, because you guys are on a timeline, right? Always, always. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I, I wish, I wish we, we had unlimited money and unlimited time <laughs> that, you know, yeah. that, that the money provides. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, the reality is, is, uh, you know, the, the, the vendors, the company that you work for, they, they need to, make enough money to keep the lights on and, 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 um, you know, and to pay your salaries and, and whatnot, health, health care. Yeah. Um, uh, if you're in the United States, especially. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, you know, the one thing that, you know, I'm, I'm always pushing for and asking for is, is, you know, some kind of retirement fund, mm. you know, so a lot more companies are doing that, you know, just to, cause you know, the thing is, is at some point, you know, you, you know, you, you don't, it's like, you're going to be 60 years old and, you know, there's going to be a 20 year old uh, or 30 that is, you know, your, your, their minds are just faster and, mm. and, and they don't need sleep as much and, <laughs> yeah. and, they, and they're very hungry and willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. Yeah. So it's like, you can't compete with that, nor do you want to, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, uh, as you get older, you have the experience and the knowledge to to help uh, to help those that you know haven't gone haven't lived thirty years doing this. Yeah. You know, for example, so 
the the best thing that we can do is kind of you know share the love uh, mm-hmm. of what we do and hope it's well received and guide people you know and and uh, inspire uh, and empower others to do great things just like someone did for us at some yeah. point in our lives yeah exactly and a, a good example of speaking on the fact about the evolution of the role towards the future and the definition of a compositor potentially evolving to something new but not exactly being different uh your experience expands over 26 years and so the definition of a visual effects artist when you started out must be completely different from now right and we can use that as a case study of how it will evolve in the future, correct? Well, I, I wouldn't say it's completely different. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there are, are many things that have not changed and that are still kind of, you know, uh, very similar, just like film, you know, it's been around for over a oh, hundred so years. long. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, 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 the foundations of it, the, a lot of the jargon and terminology are still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just the way that, that, you know, at one point we were shooting on, film and you have to get it developed you know and and uh then you'd have to come and then it would come back and you'd watch it in a loop in a projector and then there would be la- what are called lat aims where someone would call out this is two points uh red and when one point uh minus uh one minus one point blue and and zero green and yeah. so it you're supposed to say okay i need to subtract this and so when i'm looking at the color I have to keep that in mind. I mean, it was, it was, you know, hmm. it, you know, we, we still, at the end of the day, people still go to the theater. You still see a finished movie with the score and music and D mm-hmm. and, and, you know, um, uh, DI and, and, you know, um, all of that, all of everything that has gone into making that film is still the same. It's just different, but right. you know, at the end of the day, it's still, you're still storytelling. You still have a complete, um, you know, uh, say hour and a half, two hour movie uh, to to hopefully, you know, um, let people uh, escape the daily, uh, you know, drudgery of some of, of Sometimes. our lives and, yeah. and, and uh, you know, be entertained. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, yes, it, it's, it's changing. We now do everything digitally, obviously. Um, but you know, as, as, as much as things change, a lot of times things stay the same as well. There's not, you know, the, the, everything behind the back end has changed completely. Um, you know, the computers that we use are, are exponentially faster, but Mm. as, as the computers get faster, we just turn on more things Mm -hmm. and, you know, global illumination and we make, make these renders that, uh, are, are look for the real practically out of the box, you know, mm-hmm. versus putting in, you know, uh, uh, you know, three lights or something to, to, to make it look good. Now you, you have, you know, all sorts of tricks and, you know, HDRIs to do the lighting for you automatically mm-hmm. so that what you get, it looks like it looks good and it will fit into the, the background plate that was shot, you know, pretty much out of the box. Right. Um, so like all, all of that, to say that it's like, yes, we have it there and we have faster computers and all that stuff, but the average render time is still around eight hours. It doesn't matter. And it's always been that. So mm. as computers get faster, we just put more shit in there. And then, and, 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 uh, and calculate more accurately and more bounces of light 
you know, and more refraction and more and more and more so that the average average and I'm talking about the average, not on a on a big shot, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's still it's still it still can be eight hours, uh, but you know, uh, with, uh, actually that that is probably a big shot these days, eight hours. Mm-hmm. Um so it yeah, it just doesn't change. Right. And speaking on the fact about, you know, people going to the movies and theaters and the fact that there are more like the time of render is still consistent because not only is it in the beginning, maybe those are a couple of shots that took eight hours, but now we're putting hundreds of shots in there to, you know, still have that eight hours being filled up. And I was curious, uh, speaking on the theater and all that, we are moving towards a streaming service world where there's multiple different um, streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, all these places that are now being a source of entertainment for film and TV shows. Um, there seems to be an influx of visual effects work going on now. And I want to see how you have how that has impacted the industry for you uh, even before or after COVID. Well, I mean, you know, there's more and more stuff uh, on TV, yet there's nothing to watch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the way I feel sometimes. It's uh, like, okay, you know, what, what, you know, I have to almost research, you know, what I'm going to watch on Netflix before I watch it because I have no idea if it's, if this is going to suck. Oh, like, yeah. Be good. And, you know, actually, I, you know, regularly used to ask friends that I trust their, their, their taste in, in movies <laughs> and, and TV shows. Um, what they were watching, you know, just to try to get an idea of what to watch. So I don't waste an hour and a half of my life that I can't get back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you, as you get older, <laughs> that hour and a half becomes a little bit more precious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, I, I celebrate and uh, uh, obviously welcome, you know, uh, any, any medium that allows us to entertain. It's just, once again, it's just a vehicle behind the scenes that allows uh, people to, to, to consume and to watch things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so streaming is uh, obviously uh, a big one that things are evolving to. But my only issue with that, having worked on Dune and mm-hmm. seen, seen Dune on HBO Max at home, mm-hmm. you know, and, and which, by the way, I have made, you know, I'm kind of an audiophile. I have Dolby Atmos and, and I make sure, you know, my, my TV is as good as I can afford it to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, be that as it may, when I went and saw it in, you know, IMAX on a massive screen with, mm-hmm. you know, multi-million dollar sound system and mm-hmm. and and you know, and and basically, you know, they the people who who do the sound and do the mixing, they uh, and, and composing, you know, it, they 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 it's tuned for an actual theater right so that you you know it's like you know you 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 it's, it surrounds you and it vibrates and and mm-hmm. you know shakes you and and surprises you and you know of course then the picture you see all of the intimate detail mm-hmm. uh, and most importantly you can't sit there on your phone and not and not concentrate on yeah. the <laughs> thing in front of you absolutely so, you know i think there still is um you know, something to be said for the the theatrical movie going experience, because um, that that, you know, is the only, you know, basically being in a dark room and and make and and not being on your phone and focusing on one thing. That's something that people don't do enough, I think, these days. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, unfortunately, because we have so many things competing for our 
attention uh, attention mm-hmm. and, and you know and we've you know because of uh you know the 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 personal cell phones uh obviously you you have it at your fingertips to get that hit of uh, dopamine yeah if, if someone liked your latest post or something mm-hmm. so to to just kind of escape and to be immersed in something and share that experience with your fellow man humankind woman child mm-hmm. um, that is you know we've been doing that since since the dawn of time you know where you know it, it was it was gladiators <laughs> it was yeah. it was you know um uh the globe theater you know mm-hmm. uh it was all sorts of things that you know where we are social creatures whether we want to believe it or more acknowledge it or not that you know it, we need doses of of other people and mm-hmm. interaction and social interaction and or just sitting near other people and and laughing with them or crying mm-hmm. with them or you know that kind of shared experience i think oh, is yeah. an important thing that Absolutely. even you have streaming um i don't think that's going to go away no no that's exactly how i feel as well like so for me i did i went to dune i went to theaters and i watched it there and i also watched it back at home by the way spectacular visual effects i was blown away by everything that was going on i just i was mesmerized the lighting yeah you know you know what i was too (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you know we finished we finished it during covid Uh you know at first we we finished three quarters of it Mm -hmm. um in the regular way you know at at work in screening rooms with laser pointers (laughs) you know and and editorial and clients and, Mm and whatnot and then and then it's like all of a sudden on one friday we it's like okay we're closing if you want some equipment you better come and get it so it's it, you know it's like everybody's grabbing their Aeron chairs and putting <laughs> yeah. their ISO monitors and yeah. keyboards and everything anything that they could carry yeah. and you know taking it home and and, and it's like it felt, it felt like a you know society was melting down yeah absolutely. but then you know we were working from home and we finished it and I and I remember I actually got COVID and and mm. I, got, I got COVID uh, from a friend, which I will will remain nameless. <laughs> but um, but but it was it was it was rough because that was pre vaccinations earlier, right. mm. and I, and so I, I got COVID, but I didn't tell anybody, and I just basically turned off my camera, even though I I'm one of those that like to have it on because yes. I I want people to see me, and you know because you know as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, communication is it's fifty percent nonverbal, even though yeah. not that much. But but nevertheless, like you you still it, it's when you're talking to somebody. I, I prefer to people to turn their camera on just mm-hmm. so I could see because sometimes they don't want to tell you they don't understand, mm-hmm. right? Because there's other people there and and they don't want to look like they don't know mm-hmm. what's going on. But you can see that they don't understand, which is very valuable because I want. More than anything, I, I don't want be- people to feel bad. Mm-hmm. I want people to, to understand what we're trying to do and to to do it um, the the right way or the way that um, we all think it should be done mm. first. You know, the, the first time, not the not the third time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, all that to say is, you know, I I, I was at one point in my robe with the camera off you know, <laughs> lying, lying on the on the desk and but yet running all of the because you know at, at that time you know we had no editorial support or anything so right you everything you run every meeting you run every review on every with every department it's quite exhausting mm. um, 
uh, uh, but so we finished it and then, you know, COVID kept going on and we kept working from home and we kept not, and they kept pushing the release date, pushing, pushing. So, you know, over a year later, um, then if I, we finally had the, the, uh, uh, you know, viewing the, uh, for the cast, uh, for the team, um, cast and crew. And when I saw it in, in IMAX, I was, I was so blown away because mm. I hadn't seen it for so long and a, and B, you know, that shot. And, and there's always a few where you're like, well, you know, what time is it? I like it. It's done. Like, yeah. We've run out. Right. So um, there's always a few that you wish you had some more time to, 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 to polish those pixels and stuff. But so I, in the theater, you know, I'm watching it. And, you know, of course we have, uh, you know, Hans Zimmer going, and he's just like, just filling the space with sound and, and the, and the, 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 the music and, and the, you know, the sound effects of the ornithopters and my God, any, any shot that I worried about, I was just like, wow, that shot is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's funny what a good soundtrack uh, and, and, and sound can do for the image, you know, it, it's just, it really like some of the things that, that we fuss about, uh, and, and I fuss about, um, of course, um, you know, some of it's like, you know, actually it, it, it's, it came out a lot. It, it's okay. You know, it, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't, you know, it's not going to be the, the shot that everybody complains about, you know, uh, on social media. Right. <laughs> exactly. Know? Exactly. No, absolutely. The experience is, was so like, you're so right. Like there's a different experience when you go to a theater versus what you do at home, because you are at the comfort of your own home. The, the yeah. movie, the, the piece of art is designed for the theater. So when you go home, there's different things that will happen. Like the audio might be not, it's not as um, explosive or uh, detailed as you'd like it to be, as it was designed to be. And I think that's, that that's spot on with the idea that I think a lot of people have nowadays. And I think, that speaks on to the next this next point about the quality of visual effects in streaming services like tv shows have gone up exponentially i think in my personal opinion from watching tv shows all my life and then looking at these these neural ones that are coming out with some very ex- impressive uh visual effects shots that uh notoriously we've all said you know tv shows have lower quality of visual effects and movies have bigger because they have more time or bigger budget and stuff like that but uh, i've seen sources say that a lot of these tv shows have almost equivalent to that of a movie or close to it and i I wanted to hear your opinions on that and if you've worked on any tv shows that have had that like expansive very big uh production uh or shot in it oh i mean yeah for sure i i i got i was fortunate enough to work on the remake of a classic movie called catch 22 <laughs> yeah and, awesome and um uh you know we when, when you're doing episodic work um you know it's not the usual film production cycle where you know, in the beginning, you do a bunch of concepts and you have a lot of conversations with a small, small team on what the show is going to be and what it's going to look like, what the story points are, what the budget is, you know, a, a variety of things that you kind of you you kind of figure out with a small core group of people. Eventually, 
you know, you get the, you know, the, the, the director, he has his director's cut and you start to get shots turned over by the client. So, you know, I've been on both the, 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 the client's side and, and, and I, we, we have been turning over the shots. And of course I spent a lot of my career being on the receiving side or the vendor side. And, you know, so sometimes you, you just, you get what you get and you make yeah. the best of it. Um, but basically, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's different. The, the film cycle, it, it starts slow and then it slowly ramps up and you add more people and you, you, you get more turnovers and more turnovers and until, you know, obviously it, 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 it uh, and then you have a, a deliverable, right? So you have a trailer that you have a bunch of shots that you have to scurry and do that. Unfortunately, sometimes marketing, you know, uh, at Paramount or, or some, or one of the, one of the studios, they, they, they pick the hardest shots, of course, that you haven't developed the assets yet. So, so you have to have, you know, you know, have a little bit of, Absolutely. uh, conversations about, well, how about this one? We can do this one, but we can't do that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so there's a little bit of negotiation. Well, actually there's a lot of negotiation always. That's part of my, my, my job is, is the, you know, the negotiating, you know, what, what is important, what they like, what they don't like, what, how much time we have, how much, how much money uh, it's going to cost. I mean, there's just, it's, it's never ending throughout the, the life cycle of, of a film with TV. Uh, it's a bit different in that it, you know, you have episodes and they come in blocks. And so usually you'll do, you know, a first block is, is two episodes, you know, episode one and two say, but it's not always sequential either, which is kind of a pain sometimes. Mm. Uh, cause just, that's just the way that they shoot things because, you know, say there's a, a bunch of, you know, there's all of these, uh, um, you know, for example, on, on catch 22, all of the shots where they're at, at the, 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 the camp, the American camp Pianosa off the coast of Italy, well, that's an that's an episodes one. I uh, sorry, that's an episodes two and four and then five. So then they right. shoot all of those together, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so basically, it's it's it, it becomes a thing where okay, you have to plan uh, what episodes you're going to be doing, what is in those episodes, what are the assets that you have to you know before they land, uh, pun intended. Um, <laughs> You know, in your lap, basically, you you have to have everything sorted. So for Catch Twenty Two, we knew we would have, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, B twenty four Mitchell, right? So we have a hero plane, and then we we made seven variants of it, and you know, turntables, and make it, make sure it looks as photo real as possible, and that even though they say we're never going to get close to it, of course, we plan on having at least one euro that you can get as close as you want mm -hmm. and, and put the camera where you want, because that's inevitably what's going to happen. Um, and then, of course, then we have a bunch of clouds. Okay, what, what do we need next? Okay, we have clouds. Okay, let's get this cirrus uh, wispy clouds. Let's get some cumulonimbus, big puffy clouds, um, uh, little white fluffy clouds. Yeah. Um, and, yeah and, and just all, all of everything in between, we'll, we'll, we'll create it and we'll not only create it, and then we'll make it easy. We'll make deprecated versions of low poly count that a, a layout or a lighter can put into taste where they need it uh, so that anybody can kind of use it. And so it's a canned effects uh, pass that looks great, of course, because we've already figured that stuff out. So the key to to um, 
to television work because you're you're delivering each episode so quickly is just to have everything as as much as you can have it ready to go have it easy easily easy to to place in the scene whether it be like i said layout or lighting or whoever uh even comp <laughs> can um and, and basically figure out like the flak how does that work what does that look like you know um tracers and and uh and some of the bigger beats, you know, we have a parachute opening and what is that, you know, you know, who's, how are we going to do that? Cause that's always actually harder than, than it looks, mm -hmm. um, you know, so, you know, just, you're just trying to, and then of course you have the environments and like, let's look at that. Let's, um, we have uh LIDAR, we have uh, on-site photography, we have, you know, um, uh, um, you know, whatever they can give us in terms of reference from the data wrangling that went on, you know, during the yeah. shoot that we were there, or if we weren't, at least we get it all uh, in, ingested into the system so we have access to it and say, see what we have to play with. So there's a lot of things that you you can be doing while you're waiting for the director to edit his two two um, episodes. And then and then you have another director that comes and they do their two episodes. Right, yeah. They want something different. And then so you have to reconcile, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and make everybody happy, even and even though you, you're trying to have some sense of consistency, you know, exactly. from one director to the next. So you don't really notice. <laughs> yeah, the differences. <laughs> so but anyway, so you have you have blocks. So one and two and they over and, and and as you're finishing two three and four start and so it's it's a bit different in that it's always on mm -hmm. uh, but it doesn't peak there's not a lot of as money as pe uh, peaks and valleys it's just always kind of on at a certain hum which mm -hmm. you know as you get used to it and, and as long as you've prepared in advance um, it can go quite well and quite smoothly because you've already put the time in up front to figure things out and things already look good so that right and it's, it's kind of a, a bit of plug and play so mm. having having done episodic work actually i have to say really helped me in doing film work after that because then i'm like okay if this can work <laughs> yeah. for, for doing fast and furious quick 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 uh you know lots of uh shots in a short amount of time then it should be able to work even better when i have more time and more money uh in feature yes. so that, that's that's the thing that i'm always kind of trying to do is identify all the things that we have to do go over them with all the right people and you know and and do a lot of concepts and figure the stuff out with the director uh and and the studio and in you know the showrunners as soon as i can and get people to buy off on things and to make decisions and not wait until we're actually in full production but to get it all sorted um that is what that that's the key to success and that's why dune looked as good as it did is because denis denis villanov the director mm -hmm. and patrice the the production designer they had some of the world's best concept artists uh you know line up really to to, <laughs> to do concepts for the movie and and until they said okay that's what it looks like that's the shot that right. that's the building that's the ornithopter that's exactly what that looks like and basically they said if you just match those exactly we will we will prove it and we will find all your shots if you just mm. do that right so having a clear having a clear line of sights having a clear idea of what 
that creative thing is supposed to look like mm-hmm. as soon as you can. And, and, and I love, I love concept artists and I love working with them yeah. because, you know, they, they come up and they, they bring their own ideas to the table. And some of them are, are a lot of serendipitous surprises of mm-hmm. creativity that, that are just, you know, astounding. And then, you know, and beyond your, <laughs> even my own expectations that exactly. I, I feel like, and, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, um, our concept artists are very good <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like, well, what do you think about this? And, you know, sometimes they're like, ah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, and so you cone in, uh, and, and so then when it comes to, you know, um, doing the work and the shots are turned over and you're working in, in their in production and you have your schedules and budgets and everything and people in, in place. Um, it's kind of been somewhat figured out, you know, mm-hmm. not 100%, but in, in general, you have a good roadmap, you have a good foundation to build on. And, and then that way, yeah, it just, it just, it just goes way, way more smooth. And mm-hmm. it looks at the end of the day, it looks way better because there's less of the, circling around trying to figure out what this looks like yeah and have you ever had a challenge where it was that kind of like circle moment like was there any productions that you oh yeah of with? course yeah do you I have mean, any examples uh, any oh, example i you know i <laughs> i i try i try to forget the difficult one so i can move on.org you know and just you know live my life yeah uh, and not and not worry about you know like a shot like you know when i was a when i was a compositor uh, obviously, I had shots that I remember the names to this day, like <laughs> NC25, yeah. Terminator 3. Yeah. I, there's a lot of shots, you know, I wish uh, I I, I could have done better. But, you know, you do the best you can in the time that you have and you don't yeah. try to, you're not creating art, right? Mm. If you want to create art, you, you you do that to yourself off to the side. <laughs> yeah. Right. And and you can do it the way you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And 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 not the way and and not be told what to do and not agree and not be happy. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's how you that's how you have to separate yourself from from the the being an artist and uh and then uh do being an artist that work for hire, you know? Right. Um, they're the two the two different things. And um as soon as you know people can do that, the happier you will be, I promise you. Cause yeah. <laughs> I think that's no a, that's a really good point that, I, you know, is, is something that a lot of people, I mean, cause you know, we're a lost boy school VFX. So we have a lot of students who come in here with the idea of being an artist, I think. And we always try to instill in them to know that when you do go into the industry, of course you, you are an artist in the sense of creativity and doing the, the craftsmanship is quite artistic and creative, but you need yep. to understand to, like you just said, separate yourself from understanding that the work that you're doing is like client work. It, it's for the client. It's you're trying to make sure that it matches to what the vision of the entire production is. You're, it's a teamwork event more so than it is your individual artistry. And I think that leads me to this idea of, you know, there has this common phrase of the curse of being an artist, right? About you, you always look at your own artwork as something that is, um, completely different from what the viewer or observer does. So it, what you're saying is that that- Or you're of, never happy with the results. Oh, you're never happy. <laughs> okay. We've all well, been there. Yeah. So they're just never happy with the results. So how do you find yourself um, 
maybe with your team or tell your team to kind of cope with that, to understand that, you know, what you've done is good, but know that you will never, you know, be happy with the results because of your own uh, aspirations or thoughts, right? So how, how, what do you say to your team or what is a good advice that you give to people? Well, I mean, you know, sometimes uh, there have been times when uh, the client has asked us to do a certain thing or make it a certain color or make, you know, make it blue, move it two pixels to the left or something. Yeah. And, you know, um, so, you know, we give that feedback to the artist and they come back and they're like, you know, I didn't think I thought blue was it was already too blue and mm. starting to look too saturated and fake. And so, you know, I I did here's my version. I think this is right. And I, I, did, I moved it two pixels to the right instead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm more than happy to entertain people's um, ideas, especially artistic ones, because a lot of times, you know, they're not necessarily wrong. Uh, it's just that they're not the ones that are writing the check, you know, <laughs> so I, I have to do that difficult, that, that balance between what the client wants and then what will make my artist happy and and again empowered and engaged and wants to to work on my show and not be you know not just be told what to do for example exactly. yeah. god knows no nobody none of us like that so mm-hmm. um i'm i'm like okay look i'll tell you what change these two things on your version if if that works for you but we need to also send uh, a version that they asked for so can you please also do the client version? I will show them both because I think there's something that you're showing me right now. I'm not exactly sure if I totally agree with it, but mm-hmm. let's see what they say, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I tell you, I, when you when you, when you you do that, you know, first of all, the artist feels appreciated and listened to and, and, and feels like they're bringing something to the table. And I can tell you from personal experience, that feels great. Yes, that feels good. absolutely. And that makes you, yeah, I just want to try harder too. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's motivational. uh, And, and, and then the other part is, is like, you know, sometimes the client's like, actually, I like this new one. (laughs) And I, you know what, let's go down this direction. And then Mm -hmm. the next version, we're done, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, going around in circles, maybe, and, and they just try something, you know, from their past experiences and, and, and they, they bring something to the table. I'm not afraid to entertain that idea as long as everybody understands that we have to we have to show them their version. Because in the times that I, I haven't done that, I've gotten my ass chewed out. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I've gotten in some serious some serious words were written in some thirdly <laughs> worded emails were were sent to my boss. You know? so, so it's like you have to you know you have to play the game because again they're you work for hire you're doing a service they have they're paying us millions of dollars to mm-hmm. to do to to realize their vision right mm-hmm. and, and, and as soon as you you get your mind around that you start to understand and 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 but that you still can actually put your own touch in there and put your stamp in there that is uniquely you it's still possible mm-hmm. um you know as soon as you understand that then you just yeah Life will be better. You'll be happier, mm-hmm. um, and you'll actually grow and 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 be able to manage other people and as well, and 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 understand that you know again that you know being um, 
uh, uh, supervisor is like you're a ma- you're a manager mm. uh, in in a lot of respects, and, you know. And managing creative people, there's all sorts of different personalities in there. I tell you, yeah. some people are introverted, some people are extroverts, some people are everything in between. Yeah, some people, you know, uh, it, you know, it's like you have to you have to treat everybody differently, and you have mm. to be very sensitive mm. to people's emotions and and what you're saying and how you say it. There's a there's a lot that goes on in in, in doing uh, what I do. Yeah, I have to talk to to the powers that be, the the showrunners a certain way. I have to mm-hmm. be very careful, and I have to because anything that you say can and will be used. <laughs> you. I've learned the hard way. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and and uh, and then I have to talk to my team, you know, mm-hmm. a different way. And now I talk to the vendors and their supervisors, and I make sure. We have a great collaborate collaboration, and there mm. it's always where I'm always telling my dad jokes to keep things light, yeah, exactly, fun, and yeah. and to to make it so that it just doesn't suck, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want I don't want, and, and and I say that because I've had some shows like where it sucked, and I was like, yeah. fuck, why, you know, how what can I do to 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 at least have some fun and so yeah like, exactly you know for me my go-to was like let's let's have some beer let's have yeah. some alcohol mm-hmm. yeah i mean <laughs> that always have, works have, it always works <laughs> have an ergo break and, <laughs> and like just you know shoot the shit and and, and yeah you know, get to know each other uh in a personal level has that been that has that works. been a little difficult nowadays with the kind of the hybrid format a lot of students have been doing and not a lot of in, uh in-house well yeah so that's that's the that's one of the things that i I actually kind of miss is just that Mm -hmm. human touch you know that that human interaction and and socialization and 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 feeling part of a uh of a of a a community and Mm -hmm. team um that you you if you're just sitting like I am right now in front of my laptop all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I just sat in my in, in my hotel room yeah. uh um all the time. But it would just it, at, at some point it's it's, it's gonna get old and I yeah. and, you know, the human body isn't made to just sit in front of a computer yeah. for eight to ten hours a day and and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're 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 we've evolved uh over a long period of time to be mm-hmm. social yeah. first and foremost. Uh, social creatures that you know for our survival mm-hmm. and and you know and then our bodies are made to move and forage and 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 yeah. hunt and so if you're not doing those things you need to do something yeah exactly you, know, you need to walk away from the 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 computer and mm-hmm. get out of the house and and get out of uh, and just get in the sun and and do something else that will you know adds a bit of balance uh, mm. to your life that's what i've that's what i've been actually you know, it took me a long time to understand that it wasn't just about killing yourself and being the last man standing yeah, yeah. so hard. Mm-hmm. It's actually about, you know, also, you know, cultivating relationships and getting out there and, and you know, just having time for family and friends yeah. as well. So I think that's really important because we always encourage in our students to make sure to have a work-life balance because you can't the balance is so, so important to have because, you know, this job can get very, um, you know, you're in the dark a lot because you're looking at a, a monitor of pixels to make sure everything is good. And and if you don't get enough sunlight, you're, you you got to get some sun, man. You got to go out there. You got to go talk to people. You got to go engage with people. So we always encourage students to do that. And, you know, because the industry is such a, 
a teamwork, right? It's a team of people. There's a lot of, there's a lot of communication that's going around. It's a very social industry. At least that's what I've been told. And uh, that's what I believe it is. And so for you, what do you exactly look for in your team of artists? Like if you ever get the chance, like what is something that is a, a key thing that you encourage your artists to uh, keep doing or have when interacting with you or in the visual effects industry? Well, I mean, I I just try to lead by example and, and I try to lead and show that you can, you know, enjoy yourself and, and you know, and no one's going to die if, <laughs> if, you know, God forbid we don't send you a version of your shot tonight. Yeah, I can I can talk them. I can talk to the client and just to say we, you know, given the time we couldn't figure it out but we will and don't worry and mm-hmm. hey look at this wonderful explosion here <laughs> distract them <laughs> give them another thing this is something else cool look at this <laughs> yeah as i call it confuse and conquer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but but you know like it's just yeah i mean just getting out there you know there's ves and and other visual effects um clubs and things that you can join Mm -hmm. uh to to you know if you're going to have a career especially you should think about joining or or participating in because you know it's like in the film world um uh, a lot of people you'll find on set anyway are freelance and they Mm -hmm. don't you know they're not guaranteed the next gig and the only reason why they continue working throughout the years because they form relationships and and they get along with people and they do a good job and and then someone says something nice about the job that you just did somebody else and then you're on the black adam you know yeah you're on the next show and 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 so on and so on so um getting out of your comfort zone and and forcing yourself to interact with people because i tell you early on in my life people are always surprised to hear that i was quite the introvert i mm. i was a bookworm i just read books and stayed home and <laughs> I, I did, I, you know, it's only because I, I, I became a DJ where I had to be an MC and I had to yeah. talk to people and then eventually, you know, get into uh, computer graphics and, and still I learned very quickly that you have to communicate and you have to, um, you know, engender yourself mm-hmm. to others so that they, they help you. They want to help you, mm-hmm. you know, it's like if you're, if you're not a nice person, no one's going to want to help you. Yeah, exactly. You know? and, and at the end of the day, we all need help mm-hmm. to get to the next step or the next level. You know, if that's what we want to do, you know, yeah. some people don't care about that, which is absolutely fine as well. I mean, I, I've had many a friend that I loved working with and they were very good, but now they work for Apple or now they work for, uh, you know, uh, Unreal or, mm-hmm. or some other kind of, area or that's similar to what we do but not the same or now they're in it you know mm-hmm. and they work for google like I, yeah. there's there's other things that you can do with your your uh, attention to detail that isn't just creative it, it, mm. it, your attention to detail actually you know um for me anyway it it pervades my entire life you know like, yeah i like things pretty you know, ordered and not too cluttered in piles as mm-hmm. much as possible, but that's just because of my, you know, being a, a comp compositing supervisor for so long. I have like a little bit of ADHD, mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, <laughs> uh, or, and and you know, I like things uh, orderly and and because you know when I'm looking at a contact sheet and I'm looking at a sequence yeah. from a God's eye point of view, I'm I'm understanding you know what 
what is working and what is not and why, you know, mm. um, something that I actually, I will tell you that a uh, little secret that helps on what made Dune so good, I think is not just that, you know, I think being a compositing supervisor definitely helps because we are so used to being the the final person who took the, who touches the the pixels mm-hmm. and that is what you see on the screen you know that is our job right yeah on the front lines and and sometimes it's fun and sometimes it sucks you know yeah yeah because <laughs> you're you're on the front lines mm-hmm. um but but learning uh and and putting in the time and understanding how to see and learning from other people as long as you're open to to uh, other people's um critique and don't mm-hmm. take it personally mm-hmm. and, and and learn from it um then then you then when it comes to being a, a supervisor a compositing supervisor a vfx supervisor then you you understand the language the medium you understand film and and why the you know a shot exists and what is the what is the point of the shot and mm-hmm. and actually not you know i don't want this shot to look amazing and the other two shots on on either side to not look amazing so i'm going to ask you to like take it down a notch even though i agree, <laughs> even though yeah. i agree with you yeah in context of the cut it it it, it sticks out and pokes people in the eye so mm. you can, and so then what we redo these other you know 10 shots around it like all of those kind of things you have to you you learn and and you have to think about uh in terms of continuity and consistency and you know greater good Mm. and costs and how much is this going to cost and all of those budgetary uh elements that inevitably come into play it's like all of that stuff you have to you that, that eventually you get you get from actually doing it and being and going through these experiences where you know you're not always right and sometimes sometimes you're wrong <laughs> yeah sometimes you, sometimes you fail uh but mm-hmm. you know sometimes you 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 succeed and and it's 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 those ups and downs that you have to just learn to to not take so hard or take personally and just mm-hmm. like let it and and just say what what is this what from this thing that just failed you know like they took away my shot and yeah. they gave it to somebody else why mm-hmm. did they do that and what is what is the end result that gets approved what did what did they do that I didn't do mm-hmm. or what can I learn from that experience that will make me better you know mm-hmm. That's the way you have to to, to to look at it. And that really helped me, you know, um, change my my outlook on on, you know, being an artist. And when people ask for changes or when I had shots taken away, you, you, mm. you always go through that. Um, I, it made me understand and it made me actually learn and seek out other people, other my mentors or my peers, the art, the, the coppers around me. I was less afraid to ask for like, you know, this isn't working and I'm, I can't, I don't know why. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Right. But, you know, that alone really helped me grow. Cause then I, I was like, you know, cause you're one person and you have a one subjective view, like you mentioned earlier, yeah. you know, if you put more pairs of eyes on it mm-hmm. and, and, you know, cause then, then more likely you're going to figure it out. Like mm-hmm. someone's going to say, Oh yeah, that, no, oh, that's it. That's, that's exactly what it is. Right. I can't, you know, I'm only as good as the people around me. Exactly. And, and so that's why I always ask for ideas if I can't figure it out myself, you know, yeah. in, in the 30 seconds I have until I have to look at the next shot, you know? Mm. <laughs> I think it is important for an artist to uh, be 
be okay to being wrong, right? And ask questions. And, and if you are confused, there is a way to solve it. But if you're stuck, let other people help you because that, that, because we're our team, right? And we got to make sure we get through this together. And like you said, like there are going to be moments in which you are going to need to be okay with being wrong and be able to understand that this situation I might have not done properly, but what can I learn from that situation, right? Or what can I learn? How can I improve in the future? Because again, this entire journey as a compositor, as a VFS, VFX artist is constantly learning and changing and evolving because again, like it's a long process, right? So for you, was there when you were a compositor or maybe of a junior compositor when you were starting out, was there an experience like that that really hit home for you and pushed you forward? There was a lot of experience <laughs> of that. And, and, you know, I, I guess my, that's, that's the point is like, you're going to have your ups and downs, but as long as you don't take things personally and life in general, mm -hmm. you're going to be a happy person. You'll be happier anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, then, then if you always take things to, to heart, like, you know, mm -hmm. you have to, you have to let some of it go. Um, uh, and I know it's hard when it comes to art and, mm -hmm. and when it comes to um, what we do, but, you know, it, it, you just kind of have to really try to separate yourself. And the great thing is about what we do, actually, is I, I learn all the time. I'm still learning right now mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, here in, in Budapest. Uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm on Dune the Sisterhood for HBO. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and like I tell you, um, I am learn. I I learn every day, every day. Uh, in my in this new role, well, it's, it's the second time I've been the overall supervisor. But yeah. every every movie is different. Every shot is different. Every you know group of people on the show is different. And if you open up your mind and 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 don't and and take take criticism uh, and or. Uh, question uh, things to change if you don't take it personally and you try to learn from it you, you know you're just going to get there faster than I did that's for sure <laughs> yeah I think so I mean I'm so grateful that you said that because you know our instructors always tell them that it's going to be a consistent learning process but sometimes yeah. there's this uh, this assumption that once you graduate I know everything I'm going to be okay there's all that I've learned just blah 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 but no like the the biggest tool that we're giving you is the idea that you need to be able to learn to be able to uh, open open absorb, yeah open, open up yeah. to learning and when you tell uh, when I talk to some of my friends who are now in the industry after you know taking the course or whatever after like two years they say listen man like learning i'm still learning like you just said like i'm still learning i i'm figuring things out each shot is always different there's although there might have some similarities it's still going to be different the client you're going to work with is different and the what you're being asked for is going to be different and if you are not able to adapt and learn from these experiences it's going to be very hard and like you said you'll probably not be happy <laughs> you're probably going to be very sad mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree with all of the statements. Mm -hmm. And we've talked a lot here so far, but I, I know we have had a lot of advices up to this point, but I want to ask for you, for maybe whoever whoever is going to be listening to this, I'm sure some of our uh, young artists who are aspiring to join the industry, whether they're a compositor, an animator, or anyone on the pipeline, what is 
potentially the best advice that you can give? Maybe that's not what we've discussed so far that you would like to have heard when maybe you started or now that you try to give to those that may be reaching out and trying to enter the industry? Well, um, first for compositing, all the compositors out there, which is obviously near and dear to my heart, mm -hmm. I would say put away the sledgehammers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people have a tendency, uh, um, especially when you're just getting started to you know, wink on the knobs and, and like, oh, you know, but not really understand the, the science behind what is happening to the image mm -hmm. and, and, and what you're doing to the image. You know, um, when you translate or warp or do things on, on how, you know, um, uh, it, it, it's, it has the ability to very quickly degrade the image. And, and if you compare it, which is what I do, one of, one of the things that, you know, as a, as a supervisor all the time, I just take your, your shots and I a B it with the, with the original plate. And that tells me everything. Usually I need to know mm -hmm. in terms of why it's not working. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of times it's because, you know, someone, uh, you know, and, and it's a variety of, of, of disciplines, but people tend to overdo things. And, and, and these days you don't really have to as much anymore. So, um, I would say, yeah, put away the sledgehammer, get the scalpel out and like mm -hmm. a surgeon, you know, go in there and do your comp and, and, and be very cognizant and, uh, of what the lighting slap looks like, mm -hmm. you know, what does the A over B lighting on a plate look like versus your comp? If you A, B that you will see why it potentially is not working. If mm -hmm. you look at the effects slap, the effects artist you know, that made the effects for you before you put them in and, and blurred the shit out of them and you know, <laughs> yeah, with, with a bunch of things. Well, why doesn't look good? Oh, well, okay. Why does the, it's for me, I'm like, well, let's take a look at the, the effects slap. Oh, well, the effects look good there. Yes. I mean, they're a bit raw, but you know, cause they always need some comp love, but you know, there's, I can see that this actually is kind of working. So mm -hmm. There's different ways to debug and, and figure out why a shot is not working. And like I said, these days, a lot of the rendering packages, you know, are, are very good. And, and as long as you, you know, st start good with, with good source material and the proper, you know, HDRIs and things um, that you don't, you shouldn't have to smash it too much to get it into place. Although to be fair, there are times when you do need to do that and, mm. And, you know, that takes a particular individual that, you know, I, I usually dub them the sledgehammer, which, <laughs> you know, sometimes they don't like that. So I don't say that anymore, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you need all different kinds of artists and each one has their own specialty. And the reason why I loved working at, you know, uh, ILM for 10 years and DNAG for seven and a half years is because I know what my, what every, each person, their specialty is and what they can do and what they cannot do. And I always try to set them up for success. So, you know, for those of you who are moving up in the in the world, that's something to consider and keep in the back of your mind as well, you know, to help people grow. Because, um, like, you know, it's it's good to it's good to share the love of of what we do and to help help others you know, mm. get there. Because, like I said, somebody helped me, somebody helped, you know, the person above me at one mm. point in their life. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. I think that's actually really like 
it's something that I hear often, right? The visual effects industry has a really big sense of camaraderie because it was it was kind of the area that wasn't, um, I guess, uh, popular at the time, or it, it required a lot of people to help one another out in understanding something. And it was, again, the industry has always been a learning experience. It's always been learning. It's always been evolving. And I think that's a really good advice that you're uh, hopefully our viewers will listen to and actually commit to rather than uh, going in and becoming the sledgehammer right away off their first shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just I, I think it's very important to read, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, Ron Brinkman's The Art and Science of Digital Compositing. You know, mm. I, I, I read that and I was a compositor for a long time and I learned a lot about the science of it and like, mm. oh, shit, I see why I shouldn't do that. And, oh, okay. I see how I can, why that, why that's doing this and, and, and how this, this, this particular key works and this particular key works and I can use different methods to extract different areas. And, and I don't have to just try to do in one fell swoop and have one perfect key because that never happens. I'm going to separate a, an extraction or a key into three different, er, different keys with maybe even three different keyers, you know, whatever, whatever, helps you get there it, you need to just kind of break it down and not try to just you know think that you can get away with doing an extraction uh, uh for example uh with, with you know just very quickly and easily because that's sadly it's not how the way it works even today yeah. and i can tell you why you know if, if anybody bothers to ask me why 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 did, why why is the 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 blue screen uh, you only have it halfway up the screen and and then uh it's not lit very well i'm like well i'll let me tell you why <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you the but, science like, behind that. <laughs> first of all the director he hates blue screens and so i had to <laughs> be with him just to get it into the shot yeah <laughs> like, and then once i did they didn't give me any time to you know look through the lens and compose it and move it in the right place and it's like no get 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 the hell out of the out of the shop <laughs> we're rolling it's like yeah. that's why so mm -hmm. the next time people like to judge uh what happens on set which you know to be fair there are some things that could could happen better 100 mm -hmm. but sometimes it's just time and and mm -hmm. you're you're holding up a hundred people that are being paid mm -hmm. to to put your blue screen in the right place you know exactly mm -hmm. the right place it's like no, like get get out, get the hell out of the way, and we, <laughs> you know, we need to shoot this shit. And yeah, we have, we have, you know, five other setups to do today. So, yeah. sorry, but not sorry. Get out. Yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. But you know, that's okay. I like, I understand that, and mm -hmm. and hopefully, hopefully, people can think in those terms that you know, it's not all about me. It's not all about you. Mm -hmm. uh, life in general. And you can just you can just accept the fact that, okay, fine, fine, fair, fair. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll get out of the way and 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 we'll we'll move on. And we can actually fix this in posts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's important. Anyways, Brian, this has been such a lovely conversation, a lovely session. I mean I would want to go for hours. It's just such a pleasure and like it's so insightful that what you bring and I, I'm really grateful for having you on the show, despite your busy schedule. I really appreciate that. No, it's my pleasure. And I'm sorry, I, I've, I've gone off on a bunch of tangents. But, oh, you know, no, no, no. That, I, that's, 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 my, that's my modus operandi. I, you know, I'm, <laughs> don't I worry. I, I definitely don't 
I have words to spare. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. I mean, if you ask anyone that knows me, I absolutely love talking. <laughs> and that's why I suggested on creating a podcast for uh, our uh, our school here. But anyways, yeah. I would love to have you on the show again sometime in the future. And maybe when you're done with your production, we can actually have you in-house and maybe speak with the students and have an actual in-house podcast session with me here. I think that'd be lovely. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Doing great. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. All right. So this is going to be the end of our episode here. I, anyone who is listening, make sure to follow and subscribe and look, check out Brian Connor's IMDb and see some of his productions. I mean, he's done so <laughs> many, so much work. I not going to lie. I was really nervous because I've watched so many other things that you've worked on. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm able to speak with him uh, directly and kind of, uh, hear your opinions on things and it, it's been such a pleasure and i'm sure our viewers are going to appreciate this uh, episode of the vfx lounge um thank you yeah, so no, much I, Brian. yeah sure I, I like to spread the love of yeah. what we do and uh you know if i can you know we back in the day i me and my buddy we wrote a book called the art and science uh the, not the art science, the the encyclopedia of visual effects oh wow and, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, just because there was not a lot of books out there and mm -hmm. we wanted to. And I taught at the Academy of Art for four years as well. And I'm happy to say there's a lot of people that were in my classes that are much better than me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I hope to have you on the show again soon.